Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today. As always, really happy to have this guy back on the program. Been a little bit since we've been able to chat with him, Congressman from the Great Fifth Congressional District from the state of Ohio. It's Congressman Bob Latta back on the line with us here. Congressman, how are you, my friend? Excellent, my friend. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's good to chat with you. Again, a lot of stuff going on. I mean, we've kicked off 2023 with a bang this year, before, and there's so many issues that I want to talk to you about. First and foremost, uh, as we come off of the Biden State of the Union speech, we have the Biden budget proposal. I know that we're still dealing with a debt cap ceiling uh, that we have right now. Uh, where are we at when it comes to financial talks, and do you think we could actually still cut some budgetary issues? And with Biden's budget proposal, it looks like we're just going to look at a whole bunch of new social programs coming into the new 2024 fiscal year. Well, and again, uh, the administration and the president, they've got to get into reality here. Yeah. Uh, you know, all they want to talk about is spending more money and raising taxes. And that's not going to work. I, you know, years ago when I was on the budget committee, uh, I kept track of numbers that you and I have talked about. And these numbers have gotten absolutely scary that, uh, you know, I, I kept predicting that by 2032 we'd be paying a trillion dollars just to pay interest on the national debt. I always hate to admit when I'm wrong, but uh, we'll probably, there's a very good chance that by 2027 we'll pay a trillion dollars on the national debt. And when you think about what we have right now to work with, how do you come up with a budget when you're first, you have to start thinking of your third highest payment is just to pay interest on a debt that's out of control. And so when the president keeps talking about wanting to spend more money, it's like uh, you have to say, look, we're $31.5 trillion in debt right now, and uh, we're, not paying, we're not paying that down, and we're, how is, how we, we're going to have to borrow money just to pay the interest. <laughs> That's a problem that I don't think we've ever been in before. We've grown throughout the years, and it really grew substantially over the last uh, past, what, three, four, five administrations in the country to where now we're, we're really – in debt near 100, 110% of our entire private sector GDP. When before, Congressman, uh, during the Bush administration, before we even got to Barack Obama, that we kept it. We weren't allowed to spend more than 40% of our GDP. Um, that's kind of a drastic change over the uh, over the years. Well, when you look at just, because what I did was I gave every member in our Republican uh, conference a uh, this a pocket card from 1993 at the beginning of Bill Clinton's term when H.W. left office. You know, our national debt was $3.2 trillion. But then you, when you look at, uh, you know, the massive spending that Barack Obama did, he doubled the debt, and we were at 14167 yeah. And th- But uh, you just look at these numbers, and it, it's just like it's just skyrocketing. And this is something that you don't hear people talking about, uh, especially in Washington on the other side. But we have to because, again, we don't have this money, and then the because again, when you start saying we're going to raise taxes, all you have to do is look at history, and history shows that when taxes were reduced, more people were working, and you actually expanded the tax base. And all we're going to do is see uh, taxes go up, more people unemployed. That's what the Fed's saying right now. You know, their philosophy is they keep raising the interest rate is, you know, putting one to two million Americans out of work. Yeah. And that's not what I call a winning proposition. Yeah, it is unfortunate. Uh, as we go through the discussions and for what you've heard, is there any chance of any type of spending cuts? I know that the uh, certain conservative groups there in Congress are working at trying to cut some, not just currently, but also in the future, so that way we can actually try and get a little bit of this under control. 
Well, you know, I think every Republican and on the Republican side, we have 222 are all saying we, you know, we can't continue this way. We've got to, we've got to reduce, you know, our spending, and uh, you know, you got to slow that growth of, of, the, of what's going on. And I think that you know, everybody understands that this is like. If you bought a house that uh, you shouldn't have bought because it cost too much, but it might take you 30 years to pay off, well, it's going to take you 30 years. But in this case, we've got to get into a plan how we're going to restrict our spending to try to get this thing under control in a decade because it's not going to happen overnight because, again, you know, this is the scary thing. When you look at the number that we could be $45 trillion in debt by 2033 and we're $31.5 trillion today, in 10 years, we're going to go to that, and there's a potential that we could be looking at $150 trillion in debt by the year 2050. And we're in an unsustainable part right now, and you look at that down the road. So when they always say that your you your kids and your grandkids are going to pay for this, we've actually entered the world saying that, look, if you don't think you're going to be alive in the next three to five years, you're going to pay for this. <laughs> Yeah, that is very true. Now let's get into the concerns. Many investors are talking about a potential recession for 2023. The uh, the uh, Treasury Department continues to raise interest rates in the nation, and now we see the banks. We see Silicon Valley Bank in California. We see the bank in New York. We see uh, First Republic Bank that just got bought out. We see banks even uh, over in Europe that are needing to be bailed out because they're concerned about shutting down. Is that a cause for concern, not only with the debt that we have and with the spending and with the in, uh, inflation that we have, but is that a cause for concern about a potential recession for this year? Well, I think when you, the first thing you have to look at is what the, uh, uh, what the Fed did, uh, especially when you look out with the, uh, the bank in California, that uh, when you said that when they say it out there that they're going to make sure that every depositor is made whole, well, pardon me, but I, I think when I walk into banks at home, there's a little sign on the door that says your deposits are insured up to $250,000 yep. because all these banks pay into the FDIC insurance fund. And when all of a sudden, when you look at how much money we could actually be covered by this, so is the Fed going to say that they're going to try to cover it uh, down the road? That's impossible. And uh, so I think what the Fed has done has made a real mistake because they're saying, well, you know what, we're going to just say that these uh, too big to fail banks, we're going to cover. But what about the small banks? If you're if one of our little banks on Main Street back in Northwest Ohio fail, failed miserably, like what happened with the the, uh, the bank in California, do you think the FDIC would have come in and the Fed would have saved them? I don't think so. Right. And then all those depositors that uh, were over two hundred fifty thousand dollars not like tens of millions, I think 85 to 90% of all of the depositors were over a quarter million dollars. So I think the Fed has uh, you know, set a, bad, a really bad example what they're going to do. But at the same time, when you talk about recession, that uh, you know, as, the, as the Fed keeps raising the interest rate and putting more people out of work, at some point in town, time, we all know that inflation uh, and recession, when you have those two things come together, it's going to be bad, bad for the American people. It is going to be bad for the American people. And I'm glad you brought that up with the FDIC because I don't know why we stick to these rules of, yeah, you, it's, I mean, I was a banker and I was a banker in Ohio for a little bit and even said, uh, reminding people that, hey, if you open up a bank account, don't put more than $250,000 in a bank account. And if you have more than that, 
then put it in another bank so that way you can insure it because if you lose your money, if something happens, God forbid, then you're not going to be able to compensate more than $250,000 that's insured from the FDIC. This mindset of they're too big to fail and we need to go ahead and bail these guys out because they're the tech industry, because they're our big donors. But like you said, the small bank in every country, in every state across the country, uh, sorry guys, but if you close, we're not going to do anything for you. Uh, it shows to me that we have this real big push right now to try to centralize more of the financial institutions at the federal level for more control. And then we'll go back into what uh, what uh, Joe Biden wanted to do a while ago, which was, oh, well, now we have more control. We can monitor every transaction coming in and out of your account so we can make sure that you're paying your right amount of taxes. Well, and again, pretty much, I can't say pretty much, but everything this administration touches goes goes sour. And, uh, again, uh, these deals that are put together over a weekend, and, uh, you know, I'll never forget the crisis we had in 2008 with all the the banks. And I remember a uh, former FDIC chairman meeting with us and telling, you don't have to do a lot, shut down a lot of these banks because what they had at that time was something called, well, they still have, it's called mark-to-market that they uh, – uh, let's just say that you're holding assets in your bank that were worth $100. Well, if, let's just say the circumstances today is that you couldn't sell it or do something, but you know when the federal government comes in and says, well, if you can't sell it today for $100, that's worthless. Yeah. And so you, you know this is what I'm worried about. Again, we're going to see this massive uh, uh, takeover. And you know when you look at the massive amount of money that was spent, we said, "Oh yeah, but we made money out of it." But the problem was is that we had a massive situation across this country that we don't want to get back into. And again, we want people to you know not put their dig a hole in the backyard and put their money in a, in a tin can. They they need to know that their banks uh, down the street are safe. It's a very scary situation. We're talking with Congressman Bob Latta from the 5th District of Ohio. Let's shift gears a little bit, to, and this will tie in eventually to the to TikTok and social media that I know you've been working uh, a lot on personally. But uh, let's talk about the debts that we have as a nation. Is China as a country still buying a lot of our debts and buying a lot of those bonds as a nation? Because I know that was an issue a while back, and the concern was, is China going to own us when they own the majority of our debt as a nation? Well, Andy, you asked the uh, question that I am looking at right now. Uh, you know, if you're anybody that's listening out there, if they want to go into a search engine and put this in U.S. debt held by foreign countries, you can bring up a spreadsheet that shows the U.S. debt over over a 12-month period of time with every country and how much we owe them. And one of the things that I've been watching over the years is how much debt that China holds of ours, you know, and it's been well over a trillion dollars. But interesting enough, over the last year, China is now reducing the amount that they hold in this country. And I think the last number I saw was uh, for January, it was like $859 billion. So the question you have to ask yourself, how come the Chinese are starting to uh, divest themselves of uh, U.S. Treasuries? That's interesting. I was not aware of that. So they're buying less. And that really begs the question on why, because you would think they'd want to continue to buy more of it unless they don't feel it's secure, maybe? Well, I, you know, I'm going to leave that up to everybody else. I've got my own uh, thoughts on that. But I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to watch. And if every month that the Chinese are not buying, and I, I have a five-year look back on these sheets, and just over the last year, 
they have really started to make sure that they're holding less of U.S. Treasuries. Mm, that is really interesting. Now, with uh, the concern of China, I know they are becoming gr- a growing concern every day. We saw the recent meeting between uh, presidents, uh, the president of China and the president of Russia with Vladimir Putin meeting, shaking hands. That's kind of a cause for concern for the United States, isn't it? Well, I think it really is because when again you're looking at two countries in the world, one's a one, and people have always should say the word communist China. They are not a democracy, you know. They're communist, and then you look at Russia, and unfortunately for the poor people over there, they're now suffering under a, a dictator. It's totalitarian, you know. I don't care if they say they have a, an election in uh, Russia. Uh, you know, you got a, a you've got Putin over there that's trying to reconstitute the Soviet Union. That's why the attack was made on the Ukraine, and so all the other countries that are over there, the, the former Eastern Bloc, and also uh, parts of the Soviet Union are all concerned that you know you, they look at uh, Putin trying to put this all back together. So uh, I think that the American people need to be very concerned about that because you have. China, and of course, when everybody ran to China to put all of their, you know, to put all their money in over there, and you know, the Chinese also had the the, uh, the policy that you go in there, you got to give them your 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 secrets to your company and whatever your processes are. So you know, and people wonder why the economy just took off over there, and uh, because they've got everybody else's uh, uh, patents and everything else that they were working from. So, you know, it's very concerning. And then you look at Russia, that the only thing that they really have is oil and natural gas. They're not really producing anything else. And so, you know, they want to hold areas of the world hostage on that. So that's why the United States, and especially with our bills that we're coming out with here in the House of Representatives this week in H.R. 1, on energy and energy production and energy security, why it's so important we do it, because... Uh, uh, we got to, you know, not only take care of ourselves, but we have to help our allies. Yeah, that is very true. Now, uh, does that allow us to actually start drilling domestically again and work towards energy independence again? Because I know we're still right now on the whims of OPEC and how much they're giving us, and we're still floating every day between seventy to eighty dollars a barrel worth of uh, right. uh, for the price of oil right now. So gas prices aren't going down, and we're in the slow season right now. So if we're lingering around three dollars a gallon. During the slow season, we're going to see some pretty high gas prices come summertime unless we do something different. Well, you know, uh, when I was driving to the airport the other day or yesterday, it was around, you know, a lot of stations they saw around 329, 333. So, you know, it's not hard to imagine those prices going up. And when you have, uh, again, uh, we, you know, what we want to make sure is that, first of all, we get the permitting done right. We want to make sure that, uh, you know, companies can be out there in business. One of my pieces of legislation included is for on the refining side. We've got to have refineries. And, we've got to, you know, again, a lot of people think of refining. It's just like, oh, just gasoline. It's like all the other uh, products that are, uh, that are made out of a petroleum project. Uh, 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 and when you think about the uh, farmers out there, then pretty soon they're going to be going out in their fields, and the cost of fertilizer has just skyrocketed. Well, again, that's refined out of petroleum products. So we want to make sure that uh, across the board, the American people can, you know, have have what we have to have. You know, the Russians sent their agents into Western Europe and to the green groups, and uh, that's why a lot of these countries don't have uh, energy production over there because they shut them down. And, you know, so the Russians became who? Their name, number one provider. 
So this is all, you know, this is all calculated. The Chinese calculate what they want to do. So we've got to keep making sure that we protect America and making sure that we have our own energy, that or for, you know, our North American energy policy that includes Canada, especially when you think about the Keystone XL that was 830,000 barrels of oil coming into the country right off the bat. Um, so we want to make sure that that uh, we have a uh, oil and natural gas supplies right here in North America. Boy, wouldn't that be nice? And uh, I mean, Joe Biden even said that, I mean, he recognizes that we're not going to get rid of oil anytime soon and uh, we have to continue to drill. So hopefully he'll, you know, keep up that understanding, although that may just be a political talking point. Too. I think you're <laughs> right on that, because I think once you look at the Willow Project up in Alaska with all of the uh, green groups that have gone uh, crazy over it, I don't think you're going to see uh, Biden do anything else. And who knows what other restrictions they might put on him. Yeah, what a mess. Uh, let's get into TikTok and social media here, because I know that you've been working hard on that one as uh, we kind of wrap things up here. Talking with Congressman Bob Ladder from the 5th District of Ohio. Now, uh, I am. I, I we recognize, obviously, that China is a threat, as we've talked about here already. And the fact that the company, a ByteDance, that owns TikTok is really run by uh, to, by the CCP and by China. My concern, however, is with the Restrict Act and giving government, and especially the Department of Commerce for whatever reason, the ability to shut down a social media site if they deem it to be a threat. Uh, your thoughts on the entire conversation, what you've heard with the different testimonies and hearings, and is that a concern regardless of TikTok or even giving government the authority to say, you know what, uh, we don't like this one because we can't control it so therefore, we're going to have the ability to shut down any social media, and could that be a threat for conservative social media sites down the road as well? Well, I think when uh, TikTok might you might be one of those things or companies out there that you might say is a special case. Uh, Mr. Chu, who's the CEO of TikTok, uh, came around to see members on the Energy and Commerce Committee, and again, I'm the uh, the chairman of the Communications and Technology Subcommittee. I met with him. But one of the questions I asked him uh, during our early meeting was this. Can anybody in China access this information? Anyone give me an answer? Couldn't give me an answer. And so at the hearing last week, that was one of my questions again. I said, look, we met, and I'm going to ask you again. And uh, pretty much it came out, yeah, and that uh, they can access it. So the question is, when you look at the amount of data that uh, the Chinese can uh, have on Americans, everything, everything, everything about you, yeah, and uh, coming through TikTok. And uh, it was not a good day for them to begin with, because earlier in the morning, the Wall Street Journal had an article that, that uh, said that uh, the communist Chinese uh, government would object to ByteDance uh, diversing uh, uh, getting rid of the uh, uh, of TikTok and divesting of itself, and so it was one of those things right off the bat. It's just like, well, wait a minute. If, how, if you're telling us in the committee hearing that they, the communist Chinese have nothing to do with you, how is it that the communist Chinese are saying they would never even approve a sale to get rid of to divest it and say it's an American company? Right. The other problem you run into is that in India in, in 2020. They they uh, got rid of TikTok, but guess what? TikTok still has all the information. Mm. So uh, you know we're in a situation for uh, national security issues. You're looking at issues on privacy. You're looking at uh, these quote unquote uh, web different types of things being quote what they call heated and sent out. I I you know showed uh, a situation where a young ten year old girl 
had participated in one of these, what they call a blackout. It was really self-strangulation. She killed herself. And so how are they protecting kids? So, uh, you know, do they have the right to be uh, uh, what we call the Section 230 protection, which would say that, number one, that they have the ability to, number one, that sword and a shield take something down and then be protected under uh, under it so they wouldn't be sued? And that's what a federal judge said, that uh, the parents of this uh, girl had didn't have a right because of Section 230. Why should they be protected because of that? That's not what the law was for. And so I think that, especially with TikTok being a, a company that uh, is really controlled out of communist China, that they don't have the ability to have uh, the uh, protections that, that other companies would have. Sure. And that's why we need privacy legislation to protect kids and everything else. Well, and I think we need privacy privacy protection for a lot. I mean, because uh, let's go a little bit deeper and let's talk about just social media in general. I mean, Google and YouTube and Facebook collect just as much data as well going to our government. And, I mean, if we're, uh, if we're going to go down privacy, I mean, I say well, let's go down privacy for all of it because I don't need right. our own government collecting all the data from my Facebook user or my Gmail or just using Google in general. And I think that's an issue as well, isn't it? Well, that's why, you know, last year we passed the legislation out of the committee on privacy. It was uh, pretty much bipartisan, and I think that, uh, you know, we need to get that legislation going again and get it passed because, again, uh, it wouldn't just affect uh, a TikTok. It would affect everybody. And, you know, wh- you know it's just like, why are they, why are they taking, getting this information from you? Why, what do they need it for? How are we protecting kids under the age of 17? Go down the entire list. Uh, and so, you know, again, uh, that's what we need to have the uh, legislation for. But again, it goes back to I said what they call the Section 230, which helps uh, with the formation of all of these uh, companies back in the mid 1990s, so they could get going. These platforms. That uh, wait a minute, a lot of this is uh, is not what it was meant to be. What they're using it for today, and so we we've got to have the privacy uh, protections out there. For the American people. Yeah. Now, like you mentioned, the CEO of uh, TikTok had mentioned about bringing a lot of the servers to the U.S. based to have a transparency so our government and our companies can actually oversee the data and having it kind of excluded and secluded here at a U.S. company, uh, not necessarily even selling it off, but just having a U.S. based uh, server company host uh, for the 150 million people in, in the U.S. that use TikTok. Would that work and would that be a good compromise to allow TikTok to continue on for the for the citizens here? Or is that still a concern? Well, it's a, it's a concern in that, first of all, who gets the whole, still, you know, they say they'd get rid of the information. How are they going to get rid of the information? Yeah. Why, and again, why would the communist Chinese, first, as I said, object to having uh, ByteDance uh, divest itself of TikTok? And so they want that information. They sure. want it. So you, that uh, it's, it's important to them to have it. And uh, so, you know, even though they said that Oracle and Texas would be the one that would have it and, uh, you know, it would all be done uh, down there, uh, they did not uh, prove to anybody that day, Republican or Democrat, that uh, this information would be protected or destroyed. Uh, and uh, the American people would still have that information ending up in communist China. Sure. It is a cause for concern, and we don't want the Chinese to get any more information. But like you said, I, I'm all for the privacy for for everyone. And uh, man, I, I guess it's, I don't like the new technology. I got a GPS on my phone where the government knows where I'm at all the time. So I guess there's that too, right? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. That's right. It's Congressman Bob Ladder from the 5th District of Ohio. Last uh, 30 seconds here, but anything else you're working on? I know it's been a busy session so far, but what else is going on up in D.C.? 
Well, you know, I, I, again, I think the American people also, as we, you know, we're in the tax season right now, that if we, you know, again, we pass legislation uh, when the Republicans show the House and the Senate, and President Trump signed it on the tax legislation that, you know, reduced everybody's taxes, uh, that uh, got the economy moving, that by the end of 2025, if if we don't do anything, all of the tax rates are going to go back up. Death taxes are going to skyrocket again. So, again, we we have work to do, but I know uh, the Democrats don't want to uh, see any of that uh, return. They want to keep the taxes high on people. Keep things going the way they are. They love their tax revenue for sure. It's Congressman Bob Latta from the 5th District of Ohio. Congressman, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Keep up the fight in D.C. We'll hey, look forward to really chatting again real soon. Have a wonderful day. You Thank betcha. You.